Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning and Merry Christmas to you all. Um, It's so good to be back here. I was just thinking on the way here that it's been about 20-ish months or so uh, since I've um, been a Believers. And so that's, to me, feels like yesterday. Um, But I remember that because it was right before COVID (laughs) hit. And so, uh, yeah, a lot's lot's happened since then. So, Matt kind of alluded to it, but yeah, for me, I just you know want you guys to know, starting off, like that, it's so special to be here. Uh, it's it's great always to look out and see familiar faces, but also to see unfamiliar faces. And so, um, for me, just personally, 20 months ago, and and being here when the church was going through a very uh, unique situation, and then to watch God work over the last 20 months, and to hear uh, to hear my parents talk about the things that are happening here to get to meet Matt and to hear his heart for the church. Um, it's, it's, it overwhelms me with joy to, to know where this church is right now and where it's headed going forward. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning is it's a, it's a blessing to be here. And even though I'm not directly a part of this church, I feel like there's a piece in my heart that is a part of this church and will stay a part of this church. And so uh, many of you are responsible for that because we know the church is not a, it's not a building, it's a, it's a people. Right. And so for me, um, it, is, it is your faces, it is your investment in my life. And, and hopefully I've done some of that for you as well that, that makes this whole thing what it is for me. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am uh, Dickie and Elaine's son. Hope that doesn't... Um, hinder anything that I say. Uh, I look more like my mom, so if that gets me in the door, then that's awesome. So, uh, but yeah, I've been in Christian ministry for, oh my goodness, over 20 years, which is yeah hard to believe. I've been married to my wife, Abby, uh, for 21 years, which is also hard, hard to believe. It's easy for me to remember that because we got married in the year 2000. So as long as I can remember what year it is, I can remember how long I've been married. Uh, I've got uh, two kids. Uh, Drew is my oldest son. He's 11 years old. And then May, uh, my daughter, is uh, just turned five. And so it's a great time to be in the Gilbert house, especially for holidays like Christmas when, um, you know, yesterday I get poked in the stomach at like 7 a.m. by my oldest saying, it's Christmas, it's we're ready, we're ready. And we go downstairs and everybody's just so amped and I'm trying to wake up and get my bearings. And uh, even this morning, uh, my, my five-year-old runs down the steps and says, it's Christmas, it's Christmas time. And I'm like, no, you're off by a day, but it's that enthusiasm, right? That, that we love so much. And so, um, yeah, it's a, we've just have such a, it's a, 
uh, unique and special family, and I, uh, I love it. And they are watching the live stream, I think, today. So, uh, hey, guys, love you, miss you, and see you soon. So um, what I get to talk to you mostly about today is not about me, but about uh, the organization that I represent, which is Send International. So Send International is, uh, is an interdenominational organization. So uh, you might think of uh, organizations such as the IMB or other uh, missionary organizations that are linked to a particular denomination. Well, Send is a like-minded organization. Uh, and much of what we do, we're just not tied to any particular denomination. So we have... Uh, people from Southern Baptist backgrounds like myself, but also uh, many other like-minded denominations that are represented within SIN and also churches that partner with us from those denominations. And so uh, what we exist to do is to see disciples made and churches built and reproduced all around the world, but in particular amongst unreached people groups. And we'll talk about what that means if you don't I know what that means here in, in just a minute, but our heart is to see the gospel uh, get to and access given to those who don't have access to it. And, and if that helps make sense, uh, and I hope it does, it, it's it's hard for us to wrap our mind around gospel access because we have plenty of that here. And so when I talk about unreached people groups today, I'm not talking about or not trying to uh, de-emphasize the importance of reaching the lost right here at home. We know that there are lost people right here uh, in the Boone's Creek and Kingsport Tri-Cities area. Uh, some, of your, some of your family, some of your close friends may be, may be lost, but uh, this is about gospel access. And we, in terms of gospel access, uh, East Tennessee has that. And you say, well, what is that? Well, that could be something as general as a local church, like believers, where we can get in our car, we can drive to, we can sit in a service, and we can hear the gospel being preached to us. It could also mean you, you yourselves, if you are saved and a follower of Jesus, you are gospel access that people can come to, ask questions to, and hopefully hear the gospel in response to that. Well, there are places in the world where gospel access is not a given. And so sin's heart is to see Jesus's name, just as in one of the songs that was just sung, reach east to west, north to south, his name proclaimed to the ends of the earth. And that can only happen, as Paul talks about in, in Romans, if people are sent. How can we hear unless those are sent to preach the good news? And so that is that is the heart of sin. My direct role within sin, I work with our mobilization team in the, in the U.S. And so uh, what we try to do is identify people uh, folks that are feeling called to go overseas or potentially minister among unreached people groups. And we help discern uh, discern their calling and their readiness to go. And then if, if they do seem like they are a good fit and a good fit with SEND, we help to lead them through the, the process of, of getting from where they're at now to the mission field. And so we are sort of the, the dot, dot, dots that connect the U.S. to the mission field, because there's the mission field that's always looking for people, and there's people on this side that are always looking for somewhere to go. And so I'm right there in the middle, helping to connect the two places together to see disciples made and to see uh, laborers sent to the harvest. And so I'm really excited, as Matt mentioned, to talk to you about two of our fields in particular that Believer's Church has had a direct hand in. And 
I can't tell you how much the local church means, uh, not just to me, but to Send International. Send International does not exist apart from the local church. We are not a local church. We do not claim to be. So we partner alongside local churches, just like believers, in order to make this stuff happen. And so as as I share with you today, uh, I hope that you see and can rejoice in what's happening and, and understand the need and the impact and the possibilities because it is because of you that these things can and will happen. So let's start with uh, the check. So we'll, we'll go to the next slide. We talk a little bit about Czech Republic. Go put up that, uh, yeah, the map right there. So this gives you an idea of where Czech Republic is located, if you weren't aware already. So it's in Eastern Europe. So you think of Western Europe as probably the more... Um, kind of modern thinking places of Spain, France, Japan, um, Ireland, all that on the west side. But as you pull further east, uh, things begin to look more, um, for those of you that are older, older like me, you would think of like old communist Russia and Russian influence and, and communism and all of that influence. So that's what's happening in Eastern Europe. So you've got Czech Republic kind of sandwiched in between Slovakia, Austria, Germany, and Poland. If the map were pushed further uh, further to the east, you'd see Ukraine and then Russia over there. And so there's a, there's a really strong influence even to this day from that communism uh, that was in, in Czech Republic among the mainly in the, in the 80s and before. And so there are uh, 38 people groups in Czech Republic. And what do I mean by people group? People group is not a country. So there's not 38 countries in Czech Republic, obviously. So don't think countries, think uh, think ethnicities. And so there's a common language, a common ethnicity that's shared among specific peoples within Czech Republic that make up these 38 peoples. And among those 38, six are unreached people groups. And so that's that, um, that's that term that I was telling you about earlier. What I mean by unreached is that uh, 2% or less Christian. And so if we think among, uh, we look there in the bottom left corner of that statistic, 0.74% evangelical Christian, that's about one in every 134 people that you would meet would be considered uh, an evangelical Christian. And so that is, that's not a lot of people, right? Um, so that would be in a room of this size. Statistically, there would not be one. Uh, in, in Czech Republic. So, um, and they're uh, non-religious, as Matt mentioned, he was right on the, right on the nail with that um, statistic. They're mostly an atheist people. And we'll kind of break that down here in just a few minutes, but these are people that have come through and were once had a Christian heritage, but communism sort of stomped that out. The Russian government sort of just persecuted those Christians and the church just kind of fell by the wayside. And now what's ushered in is a generation of people who sort of view Christianity through a past tense, like, okay, that's, I know that's out there. Uh, I've heard of Jesus maybe, but it means little to nothing to these people. It was really heartbreaking uh, climate, a very difficult climate to share the gospel in. I've, I've been in places that are um, <laughs> very, uh, very unreached, but highly spiritual. And it's very easy to share the gospel because people are very spiritual. It's actually more spiritual there than maybe in America because I can walk into their homes and we can have a religious conversation. Whereas in America, we know how awkward and uncomfortable that could be uh, to get into spiritual conversations with uh, our lost people because it offends them. 
Well, in, in Czech Republic, it would be offensive or it would almost be like, why are you talking to me about this? It, this is irrelevant to me. This, why, would you, why would you impose this on me? And so it, it's a culture that's not easy to see the gospel advance. You go to the next slide there. So here's just a couple of pictures that were actually sent to me from a couple of missionaries. So you can get an idea of what it looks like there. This is actually really recent photos. So that's why you see the Christmas trees and all the decorations, but it's got a very, um, yeah, gothic, um, just really pretty buildings, Christmas trees there. See the nativity scene there. So uh, again, Christmas has meaning to Czech Republic, but it doesn't have the spiritual meaning that we equate to. We understand the foundation of Christmas to be rooted in the birth of Jesus. And so they see, they see that, they almost acknowledge that in the way that they would build and create things, but it, they just think it's like a fairy tale, right? Almost like we would watch the Grinch stole Christmas and somehow create like a religion based on the Grinch and the Who's. Um, they would think that, we would think that was like silly, um, but that's what, about what they do with uh, with this nativity scene. They they prop it up, they give acknowledgement to it, but it has, it has no meaning to them. It's basically a fairy tale. Uh, one more, uh, next slide, I think has some more pictures there. See another nativity scene, just another Christmas tree there. So uh, again, just highlights some of that, hopefully brings to life some of the just religious, religiousness of Czech, but at the same time, just religiousness with no spiritual foundation to it whatsoever. All right, next slide. And then here you see uh, the, the capital uh, which is where our team is located in Prague. Uh, Prague is a beautiful city. Uh, you see just lots of lots of buildings, lots of lots of things. Like I said, Matt's Matt and his family have been there. Um, great place, and oh, we'll be talking more about that here in just a second. Uh, next slide. So just a a little bit more about uh, kind of how Czech Republic came to be where it is uh, in this moment. So. Uh, this is from actually one of the missionaries wrote, wrote this. I just want to read and sort of summarize it for you. So uh, this missionary says the spiritual need in Czech Republic is quite large. Historically, there were times where biblical preaching and significant numbers of believers were present. However, since World War II, the communist government strongly pushed atheism and persecuted the church. And communism failed in 1989. However, even 30 years later, Czech Republic is still largely irreligious. So most people in the Czech Republic uh, simply do not give much thought to the existence of God or to spiritual things. Uh, most people are atheists, convinced that God does not exist. Some other are also agnostic or believe in nothing. And so those are the people that I mentioned where if you were to have a religious conversation and you were to say, what do you believe about God? Uh, an atheist would say, well, I don't believe God exists. An agnostic would say, I don't believe anything. I don't care. This Next question, please, right? Which is, again, almost hard for us to wrap our minds around <laughs> that kind of thinking. Like it even sends like a little bit of a, a, an eerie chill down my, down, down my back, just thinking about somebody just being completely, I just don't care. And, and so it just and it speaks to the, the harshness of the, of the culture when it comes to just religious thought, religious conversation. Uh, they believe that all religions have good things to say. And so they may not be really offended 
that you were to mention Jesus to them, may have acknowledged that, oh yeah, the Bible is, I've heard about it. It's, it's, it's got some good things in it, but so does the Quran. So does uh, the Book of Mormon, or they may mention some other books or things that they've heard. They would all say that they have good things to say. So in their mind, nothing really separates Christianity from any other religion that they've been exposed to. Uh, there are s- small numbers of believers in in Czech Republic, and as I mentioned, that point uh, seven seven four, I believe it was. Uh, so there are some there are some believers, but there is a significant need for healthy biblical churches. So again, it's really hard for us to imagine this, but imagine um, you know from here to we'll just use Knoxville for example. Imagine if believers was the only healthy biblical church that anybody from here within a ninety mile radius could come to and hear the gospel. That'd be hard. It'd be good for growth, right? <laughs> and the numbers would be good. But just think in terms of just access again, people having to think, you know, would, it, would, would believers be even be on the map in people's minds from an hour and a half or more away? And that's what people are faced with and often in Czech, in Czech Republic. So there's this idea of even our missionaries that have gone there, it's this idea, okay, I've gotten there. Like, how do I, how do I plug in with a local church? There's so few to choose from. And even the ones that might be churches that um, that profess Christianity, once you get inside those, there's some really shaky theology that's been influenced from a lot of other places that uh, make people feel uncomfortable. Just like here, that there'd be maybe places that we would go where it would claim to be a church, um, but the the teaching is not very solid and the theology is not very solid. It's it's very much like that in, in Czech Republic and other places as well. So if you think if, if numbers are already an issue there, and then when you factor in that theology is also if, iffy and sound doctrine is also iffy, this gives people very few uh, solid options to choose from. So uh, but this missionary f- finishes with the work is slow here, but God is always building his church. And that is like one source of encouragement that I want to sow through this entire message this morning is um, some of these numbers <laughs> and information may sound um, maybe sad to you, maybe overwhelming, maybe a little discouragement to you, but God is building his church. Uh, we get to revelation, revelation, you read that, you know that in the end, um, we we win. In the end, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and that and that John sees people from every tongue, tribe, and nation gathered around, right? And so that does mean that there'll be people from Czech. That does mean people from Thailand. And all these people groups that I mentioned will will at some point be gathered around together, worshiping together. And so this isn't a, a message of discouragement. It's an ultimate message of encouragement because we know that God is going to accomplish his work. And he's going to do that through his church, through uh, through churches like believers uh, spreading the gospel. So uh, next slide, I want to share with you a couple of uh, specific missionaries that you can pray for. This is Jake and Whitney uh, Beverly with their daughter, Morgan. And so some of you, these may seem like familiar faces because uh, about Two years or so ago, Jake actually got to come to Believers and speak. So they are uh, from right here in East Tennessee. They are good friends of ours, and we were uh, lucky enough to be able to mobilize them uh, to go out and be sent to Czech Republic uh, through Send International. And so in the fall of 2019, they were sent out. So they had just been married at that time for a year. So they're really young. And at the whole time, I was just thinking like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. You've just been married for, for a year, but their their hearts were just so 
on fire uh, for God, so wanting to make a difference, so wanting to make an impact that they, when they came to me, they literally just said, like, Andy, we'll go anywhere. Like, just tell us where the biggest need is. And God just happened to open the doors for them to go to uh, Czech Republic. So they were sent out in the fall of 2019. Uh, they ran into visa issues. Uh, so that's the big like passport, like how we're able to stay in America is because we're U.S. citizens. Um, they're in Czech Republic, but they're not Czech citizens. And so they're there on a, on a, a religious visa uh, that's given to them by the government. They ran into issues within 90 days of getting there and actually had to come back around Christmas time in 2019. And so they were highly discouraged because they had gotten to, they'd finally gotten there, uh, finally gotten their feet on the ground and within a couple of months had to come back because of visa issues with the government. They got those resolved uh, around March of 2020. And so we're so excited to go back. Like, okay, we are good. We are going back. And they get back and we all you know, flash back what was going on in March 2020. COVID-19. Yeah. So right about that time, uh, the United States was locking down. And of course, all the basically all the world was locking down. And so Czech and uh, most, most of Europe took that very, very seriously in terms of uh, severity and how they man put the mandates out. And so Czech was basically completely locked down. So they were holed up in their apartment, uh, unable to get out, unable to really share or do anything for, for months and months. And so Im imagine being called to do something, uh, knowing that God's placed something on your heart, going like, knowing that God's placed a people on your heart. You finally get there and then you're stuck in your apartment for months and months and months um, among people you don't know, places you don't know, uh, without really a, a church. And it's a very small team in Czech. At this point, uh, there are about five people in, on, on the SEND team uh, serving in Czech Republic. So um, just really, really, really trying times. And we don't think about, you know, what it costs, I guess, for folks to um, to go overseas. I know for me, I think, um, you know, those people are like superheroes. Like they've got to be super Christians to be able to to move overseas and, and take that on. But, you know, in talking with them, they describe the 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 biggest challenges are just the everyday stuff. Like Jake told me uh, one time that he literally spent a almost an entire day just going to the store to get a gallon of milk. <laughs> and so you think like how like Jake how in the world like that's a ten minute drive you know to the store maybe even less if you live really close to one for us. Um, as he describes that like imagine being in a place where. You don't know where everything is, and especially you can't explain to somebody. So he took a wrong, he got on a bus that he thought was the right bus, ended up being the wrong bus. Took him to a city that he was unfamiliar with, decided, I'll just try to punt on my original plans and just ask somebody for where the grocery store is. But nobody speaks English there. <laughs> They're speaking Czech, and he doesn't understand Czech. And so just trying to get, he ended up coming back at like 7 o'clock at night, and Whitney's like, where have you been all day? Just trying to get some milk. Right. And so it's just the everyday stuff of trying to live in a new place and get around. Imagine even now, if nobody understood what it was that you were trying to say to them, nobody could speak your language, how hard just the simple everyday stuff would be, right? The things that we take for granted, just going to maybe a restaurant like you'll do maybe after church today and, and ordering the food. Person doesn't understand what it is. You know, you're in a little bit of a challenge and who knows what you might get. So uh, those are the those are the challenges that uh, especially a first term uh, missionary missionary family would would face but um, they are there they are they are there and and we should be praying for them and praying for the 
the Czech team, they spend most of their time right now in language school. So that big barrier that I was telling you about, uh, learning the language, they're trying to overcome that. So their first two, three, four years maybe, well, most of that is not spent necessarily sharing the gospel yet because they don't know the language yet. So they're learning the language so that when they go back for their second term, they can be ready to uh, more effectively, efficiently share the gospel with the Czech people in their in the language, that the, in their heart language that they would know and understand. So uh, just a few ways that you can be uh, praying for them, uh, praying for our team there, pray for the gospel to advance in Czech Republic, as I mentioned, uh, very difficult spiritual climate there. Pray for people to open their hearts and minds to receive the gospel there. And that only God can do that. There's no way that you, me, or anybody there that can convince uh, from a logical perspective of why somebody should believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Only God can truly change people's hearts. We know that. And so we are, we are asking for God to soften people's hearts so that they would be open to the gospel. So that when we do go to share with them, that they would believe. And uh, pray for our missionaries there, especially those who are new. Uh, so four out of our five missionaries are new uh, to the field within the last two or three years. And so they're very much in the language learning and adapting stage. And then pray specifically for Jake, Whitney, and Morgan. Uh, they are, again, just a part of um, a part of believers and a part of our of this area. And so I pray that you would uh, pray for them and remember them as often as you can in, in your prayers. So that's a little bit about Czech Republic. So uh, next is Thailand. So you can, the next slide. The so Thailand is in Asia. You can see it's surrounded by uh, Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. So this is sort of the southeast uh, part of Asia. I've actually had the opportunity to uh, to be in Thailand, um, actually Cambodia and Laos as well. Uh, some of the most hospitable and friendly people you could ever, ever, ever meet, even the non-Christians there. Just it. Overwhelmed. It was actually my very first mission trip outside the United States that I ever took was to Thailand, and it completely blew me away because you don't know what you don't know. You kind of expect people to look at you like you've got three heads, you know, being a white American there. Um, but we were all just treated with such respect that it, it really humbled, really humbled me. So we actually have uh, four different teams located in Thailand. So our, our Thailand team is a little bit larger, so we're able to spread out, do some different things and some different, different ministries. So uh, you're going to see some more people groups in Thailand. So as opposed to 38 people groups in Czech Republic, there's 113 different people groups in Thailand. So lots of, uh, lots of diversity there. But out of those 113 people groups, 78 are considered unreached. So again, 78 of those people groups would be considered 2% or less Christian. So the need in Thailand is very, very great. Uh, largest religion is Buddhism. Uh, we'll actually have a video that'll talk a little bit about that here shortly. Uh, but the focus for, uh, for the sake of this conversation, for the sake of believers, most of what believers has partnered with and given to has taken place up in the, the northern uh, section in Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai. So uh, the video that I'm about to show you is from our uh, director, a ministry director in Thailand. And he paints such a good picture of what's going on there and what our teams are doing there that rather than try to tell you about it myself, <laughs> I thought, why not hear it from somebody who's been there for 20 plus years and has definitely just been such a, uh, I've got a chance to 
do uh, Zoom calls and FaceTime calls with them before. Such a, a passionate uh, passion person about the people of Thailand, wants to see the gospel uh, made known, wants to see Jesus made known among these people. So I'd love for you to hear directly from him about what Sind is doing and about what your uh, role in Thailand has been. So if you'd play that first video for me. Sean people who we work among here in uh, Thailand are a people that uh, have a vast history as uh, princes and uh, a royal family that is stretched through many generations. Uh, but today, uh, these vast lands are under the control of other peoples. And so they're really a people without their own land. And they're oppressed uh, politically, economically, physically. And uh, that has led to poverty and the vast movement of uh, the Shan people from one area to the other, looking for hope, looking for a future. And their territory moves from southwest China all the way across Burma and into northern Thailand. So the Shan people are Buddhists. They would call themselves Buddhists. And uh, life for them revolves around the local temples where they come together for festivals and all the rites of life. And uh, they're committed to community life at the temples. That's where they do their merit making in the hope that uh, what they do will somehow give them a better future. And in the next cycle of life and of karma, that life will go better for them. Uh, but underneath the veneer of Buddhism, uh, they're really animus and they live in a fear of the spirit world. And so you'll see spirit houses on uh, their property, businesses, everywhere. And they go through many rituals and superstitions that uh, somehow will hopefully appease the spirits, but they're never sure what will happen and when the ghosts will come back to haunt them. So most of the Shan live in poverty and this poverty in this part of the world uh, drives them to two things primarily that you see all over this region. Uh, one is to addictions, uh, to alcohol and to drugs. And the other is to look for, for fast cash and that comes through selling their children into forms of prostitution. So as we love and share the gospel with these people, uh, we've come to address these needs. Uh, so we, we work with at-risk girls that we've met in the villages uh, and to save them from a future on the streets, uh, we offer educational scholarships. We come alongside their families to support them to go to good local schools. Uh, so through education, they might have a hope and a future. In doing this, we've, we've seen homes open up for our ministry and who trust us and, and uh, through that, we've been able to start Bible storing in their homes. Most Sean are illiterate, they don't read or write. So we share the stories of creation to Christ through uh, picture books and illustrations and short stories that they can hear and listen to and then share with those around them. The other danger of course is, is addiction and drug addiction. One of the girls that we know introduced us to her Sean pastor who introduced us to a place where hundreds of people are coming, looking for ways to get out of their addictions, particularly to drugs. And so in this place, we have a chance to come and help them be freed from addictions to all kinds of drugs, to train them in agricultural sustainable development, and also to help them grow their own food and to share the gospel. We have complete freedom to do that as we help them find a way out of the trap of drug addiction. We here in Sen International working among the Sean are actually a very small team. There's just four of us. 
And yet we live here in North Thailand on the threshold of seven million Shan that are all around us. And we need help. We would love to have more people come to join us uh, to see the kingdom of God come among this unreached people group. And we need your help. So thank you for letting me share. That's uh, such a so sobering reality, I think, for me to think about, um, you know, what, what it must be like to be faced with uh, such poverty, so much so that you would think that the only way out for your children would be to send them to the city <laughs> to be a part of the sex trade, right? And so um, these people are obviously lied to. They're, they're, the parents are convinced that the girls will be taken care of, um, that they'll be given a chance uh, for food to make good money that they would in turn bring back to the family. Um, but we know that that never ends up being what happens, that they disappear, largely never get to see their family again, and end up uh, in the sex trade to, to be prostitutes <laughs> and sold for money. Um, and so what the school does is it offers those girls a way out, offers those families a way out um, to be able to not just um, have a way to get some meals, have a way to get an education, um, but it offers them an opportunity to hear the gospel. And so in terms of the far extreme opposite, they're offered hope uh, in the midst of otherwise hopeless situations. So what you guys are, are doing, uh, Believer's Church, what you're giving to, what you're partnering with sin to do is to, to make that school happen. And so it's, uh, it's such, a, such a sweet, sweet thing. Um, I wanted to be able to share just a little bit more with you about what that direct impact looks like. Um, since you are a part of that village education scholarship program. Um, so this next video is going to be um, a, a mom that works in the dorm of this, uh, of this school that these girls are a part of. So I wanted you to hear her testimony. I think it's really, uh, really special. So second video. My name is Nuan. I grew up in a non-Christian family, but I started going to church so I could be with my friends. I was always happy there. The things they talked about were strange to me, but I liked it. They were always talking about the one true God and about Christ. I had never heard that before. But going to church was not easy for me. When I would come back home, my father would beat me. I started to dislike my family and hated my father. He was a drug addict and split my family apart. I knew it was wrong, but I wanted my father to die. Once at church, the pastor told me that God is able to help us in our times of need. I started praying, God, if you are real, please rescue us. I never thought that God would actually answer that prayer. But the more my faith in God grew, the more I was persecuted. My father started following me to church and beating me in front of my friends. But I just kept praying, and the Lord answered my prayers. I learned to love my family. And after two years of praying for my father, he became a believer. And after that, my mom believed as well. I know God is great, and I want others to see the greatness of God. I now serve as the dorm mom for five girls. 
The persecution I went through is very similar to what these girls are going through. All of their parents are against Christianity. They need the warmth and love they don't get from their families. I encourage the girls to tell their families about Christ. You have to show them that you have a changed life so that they will want a changed life too. We have a God who can change us. We have a God who loves people. And there it is, right? Hope. Hope. And that is, uh, that's why I do what I do with sin is because it was probably six, seven years ago that uh, God just sort of used the series of people and events to uh, speak this, these realities into uh, the hearts of myself and my wife. And, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't know that there were countries and people out there that had never heard of Jesus. Didn't know. Um, I didn't know that there were, um, I, I'd read, you read about persecution and Acts and in Paul's letters, but I didn't know that people were still getting beaten for the gospel today. Um, but when you hear these things and it, it takes away your right to claim ignorance as an excuse, right? Like I can't, once I hear it, it's like, all right, now, now what? Right. Um, and so for us, the answer to now what uh, led us down a, <laughs> a long series of, of prayers that ultimately ended in, in Send International being a part of our, our lives. And so now I, now I get to share about this stuff and get to help uh, train and uh, raise up missionaries to be able to go to, to these places. And it's such a, such a blessing. Um, but I will ask you, um, make this personal. And and I know uh, every time I talk to people about this, I think especially if I'm in a one-on-one conversation, I feel like the person on the other end that I'm talking to is thinking, "Oh, he's going to recruit me? No, no, no! I don't want to end up in a hut in Africa." Like <laughs> it's not that. Like that's I, I, not. I, I simply I would want you to pray uh, the same thing that I pray. Try to pray for my own life. It's a little scary, but I don't know that I would want us to settle for anything less. And that's just to be obedient. Like, God, what's it look like for me to be obedient and say yes to whatever it is that you want me to do? Like, whatever my answer is, whatever answer is for me and my family to what was just shared, God, just help me to, to do it, right? Because at the end of the day, we just have to, we're going to be the one standing in front of God, giving an account for our life. And, and I just, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And part of that, part of that means saying yes to whatever that, the, the answer to that question. So for you as a believer's church, if you're thinking like how, what does it look like for us to be a part of this? You want to put up that last slide? Um, the scripture there comes from uh, Philippians. Oh, I love Philippians. It's such a great, um, such a great letter in so many ways. But part of the reason it means so much to me is because of what it uh, what I think it meant for Paul to write it, Paul's writing to a church that partnered with him to advance the gospel. So it is a missionary writing back to a church that was fully all in for what he was doing. Uh, and he says, uh, I, think, uh, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And so there was an investment made by this 
this small church into Paul's life that made him give thanks for what they were doing. And, he'll, and Paul uh, later on would even say like, hey, it's not just me that reaps the benefits of the ministry that I'm doing. It's also the Philippians. And so they, they, he credited the ministry back to them. So God's going to not only bless Paul for what Paul did, but God's going to bless the Philippians for what Paul did. So there's this idea that as a, as a church, as a people, even though probably most of you will never sit, never set foot in Thailand or Czech Republic, maybe some of you will, but most of you probably will not, you can still be partakers of the gospel advancing in these places. Uh, three ways that you can do that. One would be to, through prayer. Uh, Matt just mentioned uh, this, uh, the breakthrough uh, thing that you guys were doing, breaking ground. Um, man, what a great way to include uh, these things that I've talked about today into your into your prayer and into your fasting over over the course of this study. These uh, I liken a lot of this to uh, mission work in unreached people groups is hard because if it were easy, it would already have been done. We already would have gotten it. So there are religious strongholds. There are strong. There are barriers that Satan does not want to let go of in Thailand, Czech Republic, and in these places of the world. He does not want to let go of them. And so when we enter in through prayer and fasting, when we enter into going on a mission trip or sharing the gospel or advancing these places, we are, we are trying to take that which the enemy has a hold of. And so that puts us on the front lines of a spiritual battle. And we cannot do that without prayer. And so I know every one of these missionaries, every one of these teams in both of these countries would so value your committed prayers to advance in the gospel in these places. Another way is to give. As Matt mentioned, the stuff that I share with you, it does not happen. Send does not send without local churches like believers saying, we want in. We want in. And so as you give to believers, as you honor to God what is God's, and you give to your church, believers is able to do more things in Czech Republic and among the Shan people in Thailand, and then connecting. And it's sort of like what I do and in terms of vision casting and painting the picture of what the world looks like outside this Bible Belt. You can tell others. You can talk to your family. You can talk to your friends. And maybe, maybe one day we can send a team of people. Wouldn't it be cool, Matt? Send a team of people from believers to one of these places so we can advance the gospel, not just, not just through our prayers, not just through our giving, not to minimize either of those things the slightest bit. And man, what would it look like to be able to sit foot on one of those places and be able to sit down and share with them the good news, the hope that we have, the Savior that we celebrated his birth yesterday, for them to be able to have the opportunity to hear it. I pray that you would pray, uh, how God would use this in your own life and how you can impact that through your own life, through your own family's life and through, through Believer's Church. Would you pray with me? God, we, we do thank you so much for your promises. God, this would just be overwhelmingly, God, frankly, depressing if it weren't for your hope. And God, even as the midst of these places are, we know that it's dark, we know that there are forces in play that we don't understand even, can't explain. 
forces that are evil. But God, we know that you are bigger, that you are stronger, and that you are able to penetrate the darkest of darks and the hardest of hearts with your truth, your hope, and your love. And so we pray for these places. We pray for these missionaries that are on the ground. God, that you would encourage and strengthen them, that you would fill them with your hope. And that you give them endurance to persevere in hard places, in hard times. And God, that you would just encourage these people here today. And God, that you would raise up an army of people willing to say, yes, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you lead, I will go. Here I am, send me. God, let that be the cry of our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.